Welcome to the How to Code Well podcast, a show all about web development and programming. My name is Peter Fisher. I am a freelance web and mobile applications developer. Hello coders and welcome to another How to Code Well podcast. Today we're going to be talking about static site generators and I have the pleasure of being joined by Oliver Davies who is a remote developer at Invica. Hi Oliver, how's it going? Have you had a good week? I've had a good week. Uh, it's nice to be back on the podcast again. Thanks for having me back on. No worries, no worries. So you're a remote dev um, and you're currently at your, your own house at the moment. Uh, just finished the day yeah. and you're chilling out, having a nice cup of tea. And I am on the beer. <laughs> so <laughs> cheers, everyone. Um, it's been one of those. It's been one of those challenging days. Um, today, we're going to be talking about static site generators. Um, both Oliver and myself have built uh, many static, site, static sites using generators, uh, and we thought it would be a good idea to have a podcast and to discuss the pros and cons of using static site generators to build your website. So first of all, we're going to start with what is a static site? What, do you, what, what would you term that as, uh, Oliver? Uh, to me, a static site is almost a throwback to the old sites we used to build. It's just with flat HTML and some CSS and some images. Um, rather than having, you know, sort of CMSs or PHP or other languages happening in the background. Uh, so yeah, just flat files that are deployed onto a server. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty, that, that's a pretty good description. I think, um, obviously the generators themselves could be PHP or any other kind of language, but it's the output that becomes the staticness. It's the, the output that is the static site, which obviously is in HTML. Um, so that, that, that brings up, uh, some interesting questions around the benefits and the disadvantages of using said static site. Um, what benefits do you think, uh, or have you seen in using static site generators? Uh, the benefits, I guess the main one is performance mm -hmm. so that you're not having to rely on database queries being made and pages being rendered behind the scenes at runtime, um, because that's already happened. Mm -hmm. So what we normally would have is your twig templates or your blade templates or your view or depending on which generator you're using, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have that, all that stuff is going to be locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you run the compile locally, so it just generates your static files for you. So by the time the files end up on your web server, they're just flat HTML. Mm. So those are super, super quick to run. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, security, I guess, is another one. Um, there's yep. nothing to exploit in this in this stack. <laughs> You've got a very simple. You could literally have you know one Apache server running. There's mm. no nothing really to exploit there. I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, free. I, I like free hosting. One reason I like static sites is you just like you can host them for free on services like Netlify or GitHub Pages. Yeah, yeah. Or just a, like perhaps an S3 bucket. Yeah. Um, or maybe a five dollar a month DigitalOcean server. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's great as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also there's you know for sites as well like there's no ongoing maintenance. 
So uh, if you think maybe for our Drupal Camp Bristol sites, for example, the, the previous ones we ran a couple of years ago, um, there's no need for us to maintain those sites anymore. Mm. So we don't need to go in and update Drupal when there's a new version. Mm. So now I've sort of archived those um, as static sites. There's no more sort of maintenance to do for them. So those were originally dynamic sites, is that correct? And then you converted them to static, is that right? Yeah, so in the case of those ones, they were full Drupal 7 or Drupal 8 installations. Hmm. And I just, in that case, just grabbed the HTML from them uh, using a, maybe just been literally using curl, if I remember rightly, just right. to give me the HTML. Yeah. Um, and stored those as, as, as static sites. They're not going through a generator, but they are still served as static static HTML on Netlify. Mm. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the 2019 one that we were going to do uh, was built through Sculpin uh, initially just as a static pay, uh, static landing page and mm. then didn't really have the need to change it <laughs> at any point. So it, it did the job quite, and, ha- quite happily. So. And of course, Sculpin is the PHP uh, static site generator. Um, obviously there's other, there's many more yeah. static site generators are, are available. Um, Sculpin is really, really good. I really do like Sculpin. Um, and, uh, as a PHP developer mm. and someone who has worked on Twig and all of the other, you know, lovely things that you can use with PHP, um, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a far, um, it wasn't a steep learning curve. I could just suddenly jump to it and it was, uh, it was right. re- really, really nice. Um, you install it using composer and, um, you can generate it, you know, using the, the command line on the console. It was, it was great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. Um, so yeah, shout out to Bo Simonson. Yeah. Who wrote Sculpin initially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Kevin Boyd, I think is the maintainer now. Um, right. Yeah, shout out to those guys. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was in a very similar boat. I, I, you know, I'd been doing Drupal for a long time before I started working with static sites. Um, and then I started using Jekyll initially, which is a Ruby-based generator that GitHub mm-hmm. wrote, uh, which, which is fine. Uh, it's probably one of the more popular ones, at least at that point. But yeah, it's very similar to Drupal in some ways, that there's a concept of content types uh, and taxonomies and as you said, it's using Symfony components the same way the Drupal 8 is. Mm. So if I needed to go in and change something, and mm. I did, um, I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, because using YAML and it's using Twig, then like, this is all familiar to me. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah, the reason why I went for, for Sculpin. Yeah, like, it, there's, it, it, there's it, loads of them. Like this. Go on, um, sorry. Laravel has one called Jigsaw. Oh, yeah, cool. Jigsaw is, is Laravel. Um, there's a few Vue.js ones, like Vuepress, Grids of Gatsby is a big one. I know we've talked about Gatsby. Yeah. Uh, you talked about Gatsby recently. Um, <laughs> like Next is Next is one based on, um, I want to say React, maybe not. Uh, I think it's React. Like there's, there's a whole site, there's static, static gen, I think is the website you mm-hmm. can go to. And there's just a whole list of them, mm. of, of all these different sort of generators. Yeah. And they all have um, different like, sort of, um, you know, uh, levels of documentation, I find, um, and, and sort of barriers of entry. And they all slightly do different things, but the output is the same. So you could you could build a static yeah. site using any one of them. Um but um, the the thing that uh, the thing that blew me away with Sculpin is the simplicity of it. 
I shouldn't, I don't want to say that in a disrespectful manner, but it was just the fact that I could throw something up extremely quickly without being, yeah. without, without having to go to the docks and, and, and read a whole new, you know, programming shift, mind shift. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed using Sculpin. I mean, I use that for the how to code well.fm site. That's the, the thing that it's built yeah. upon. Um, do you know any other yeah. PHP based static site generators? Uh, I think Bo talked about this on some of his early Sculpin talks. Uh, I think there's one called Frozen. Right. I guess it's PH, PHP ROZ or something, <laughs> something like that. Um, uh, yeah. And, and then uh, the main other one that comes to mind is uh, Jigsaw, which is Jigsaw. built with. Uh, Laravel components that uses right. blade templating yeah. um, and, and collections and things. So yeah, I think they're the main ones I'm aware of from a, from a PHP perspective. Um, we, yeah. From, from using uh, Jekyll and using PHP static site gens and have you, have you played with any JavaScript jobs as well? I, I started to look at, I hear a lot of things about ViewPress and right. Gridsome. Like I, I like VJS uh, a lot as well. So those are probably my ones I will go to. Right. Um, I did look at them briefly. I did a talk at the BlueConf conference um, last month about decoupling Drupal backend and then uh, a view frontend. Mm. So I ended up using just normal view CLI to create an application. Right. Um, but yeah, using something like ViewPress or Gridsome was quite appealing. Um, so yeah, I need to look at those a bit more, I think. But. So that's, that's interesting because, you know, uh, you, 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 when you think of, I'm going to build a static site, uh, one of the decisions one needs to make is, do I use a server-sided, um, generator or do I use a JavaScript generator, a front-end generator? Um, and I guess, mm. I mean, I, I still haven't, I guess, um, really nailed down the reasonings why I do one or the other. Have you ever, have you ever had, had any consideration as to thought about, you know, um, maybe this would be better in say Gatsby, um, other rather than a PHP one or vice versa. Uh, I think most stick than the preference. Right. I think, I mean, as, as you said, like they all end up the same in the end, right? <laughs> they all end up outputting the same or the similar HTML, mm. like how you get it into that point might be, is probably more down to preference. Mm. Probably. I mean, mm. I tend to go for PHP cause I do mostly Drupal and Symfony. Mm -hmm. So that would make sense to me. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's some advantage on a speed side. I know, like, I hear a lot about Gatsby within the Drupal community. I've heard a few people talk about it at Drupal Camp in London this year and, and other conferences at DrupalCon. Um, so I hear a lot about people using Gatsby front ends and, and Drupal back ends. I hear a lot about mm. like the speed at which it does things. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know whether that's particularly because of what it's using under the hood in terms of its stack or whether it's just quick for another reason. Well, I, I was playing with Gatsby. I, I built, I've built a, a site on it. Um, my, uh, my personal site and I was completely and utterly blown away by the speed. Um, it's not, you know, it's, 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 I'm not trying to fuel the hype here, but it, it was just developing. It was, um, 
because it's in JavaScript, it just manipulates the DOM. So there's no, there's no even okay. need of refreshing the page. It's, you could have one page that is the code and the other page that is, um, the, the design. Uh, and it, because it's completely right. listening to it and rebuilding itself all the time. Um, it's super quick. So I could, I could, I can understand from a front end's point of view that that would be, that would be super awesome. However, Gatsby has a humongous, in my opinion, learning curve compared to other, generators um because mm-hmm. you know you 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 do need to have an a, a level of react knowledge um if you don't then it's it, it can be quite a daunting task i think um okay. however the documentation is amazing like you could you could you could read the gatsby documentation not being a web developer and understand everything from git to react very, very easily because it, it, the documentation goes through every little piece of detail that you need to actually develop and deploy, uh, the Gatsby mm-hmm. site. So yeah, they really thought about it. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, yeah, I was, I was quite impressed. One could argue, however, that you, I could have just developed the whole site. I mean, cause it's only a very small, it's a single page. Um, so it is, yeah. I, I, I could have just done the whole thing in HTML, to be honest, it would have been the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I was working with my with my eight year old recently. He likes he thinks building websites is cool, and and, and it is arguably. Um, but he likes building these little pages for things, and and we use like literally we'll just use a static page like little index HTML file. Mm. We usually pull in Tailwind CSS off a CDN and yeah. we'll just start you know building a page. And it's like he did one recently. It's like Luke. So there's a picture at the top, but then you know I play rugby four, and then there's all sort of like little about me page. It's oh, pretty cool. Oh. Um, but yeah, that you know that's still a site site because it's all the way it's yeah. not going through a generator. It's just a just a commerce, just a HTML site. Yeah, um, you know we we could we could have done that with Sculpin or, or a view React view CLI or something just as easily. But sure. you know, in that case, if you don't need it to be that then yeah just do it as a yeah so having like where i find a lot of the static sites to be the generators to be really useful mm-hmm. so when you're having to pass that sort of content maybe you've got you know uh for twig if you're using um inheritance for templates and mm-hmm. and you know doing building loops of pages and things then it's really useful mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah for just a, just a one page thing mm. maybe yeah it's, it's probably supposed to train exercise still but you know as a oh definitely definitely i mean acne on that. Uh, from 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 the from that um from that site that i created it, it i have well, i i used gatsby because i needed the potential of of hooking into apis um and okay. i needed to, and i wasn't i'm not aware of what the api responses are i know that they're going to be in json so Gatsby was kind of, that was kind of my selling point. It was, can I use GraphQL to import anything I want to manipulate the front end? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, that, um, that was the real selling point. I think for me, that was the, the, the fact that I can integrate GraphQL. And you mentioned something earlier, which, um, is something that I, I would like to discuss a little bit more. And that was, um, using Drupal as a backend, um, because that, that, that again, interests me because you could use Drupal um, and then get Drupal to return APIs. So this is a, this is yeah. a, a thing I'm thinking about doing with the H, with the how to code well FM site is to have a means of a content management system to um, create uh, guest pages and episodes and all of that stuff. And because it's 
more relational. The data will become more relational. Um, okay. I can do and manipulate different views upon that and then send that off to GraphQL in, in any kind of variant that I wish. Um, Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm not too sure how that's going to look. I don't know what the responses of those APIs are going to look like. However, I need the flexibility to do that. Um, one thing that um, some of the static sites um, do kind of uh, confuse me on a little bit, and it's probably just my my lack of knowledge, is the fact that um, some of the relational data gets duplicated quite a lot. Um, so for example, with the, with the podcast site, you have, um, a episode page that has the guest mm-hmm. on it. Um, the guest profile image, the a guest sort of the guest name and all that stuff. And then I wanted to have a guests page that would have all of that information on as well. So I would mm-hmm. then have to sort of traverse all the episodes to find all of that information out, then create another data yeah. structure and then create a page off of that. And it, my mind yeah. just blew up when I when I was thinking about the complexities yeah. <laughs> of all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I've hit something similar that like the way I used to structure my like I've got a page on my website that's about you know, all the talks that I've done. Mm. And yeah, I remember having the same sort of thought at some point, like how do I go about structuring this in the same way? Mm. And yeah, and and this is maybe one disadvantage I've seen. But is like a, a lot of logic gets left in the template. Mm. And there's a lot of like if you do Twig, a lot of sets and a lot of for each loops and building up these data really in the template almost. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's one side of it. It, it kind of um, it kind of way that I've jumped then to you know putting on my PHP hat <laughs> and and writing some custom side so of writing a custom Twig extension essentially that mm. you know. Mm. To ag- aggregate all this together in the mm. same way mm. uh, that I can test, which is, mm. is nice. Uh, and I know then that I'm getting back you know, only upcoming talks, only previous talks or, or both. Mm. Um, and it does simplify some of the, the front end logic as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it kind of felt a little bit when I was sort of hacking this up, um, it kind of felt like I was, you, you know, when you go, when, uh, when you perhaps, um, when you first started learning uh, PHP, at least I did, I was putting in business logic inside the view, right? So the view had lots of PHP tags in it and it was, you know, um, and it just felt a little bit like that. It felt like I was putting too much logic into the twig um, yeah. and, and it just felt a bit dirty. And after a couple of beers, I thought, hang on a minute, this, I need to do this in a better way. There must be a better way to do this. And then, then I just thought, you know, put it in an API and then, and then, mm-hmm. and then decide what the structure is, uh, through that yeah. API and then just have the static site generator to generate the template based on the response. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's kind of the direction that I'm going to push in, uh, more. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost like progressive enhancement to reuse yeah. a term, right? Like a, yeah, yeah. If you just need a one page site, do it as fucking HTML. Mm. And then if you need something a bit more complex, maybe use like a, a Jekyll or a Sculpin for that. But again, then if you hit another pain point, that maybe you do want to look at, you know, moving up to the next level or something. Maybe that is the decoupled sort of Drupal or, or something. We've got a bit more control of your, your data model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you're still keeping things separate. So yeah, it's not jumping for the most complex solution straight away, but mm. yeah, go in there when you need to go there, I guess is one. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the thing is with the the podcast site, it's not very scale. It, 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 the the way it's set up at the moment isn't scalable, in the sense mm-hmm. that every episode has its own piece of logic for the guests and the 
episode itself. And now I want yeah. to s- somehow r- create a guest page that does all of that as well. Um, and then I want to have a page that does the most popular episodes. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it just gets a little bit uh, tedious when you're trying to work through a massive amount of twig with if statements and settings, uh, yeah. set logic and all that jazz. So we, t- we touched mm-hmm. on a, a bit there about disadvantages. Not to say that static yeah. generators are awful. They're fantastic. Um, they're, they're brilliant tools. Do you know of any other disadvantages though? Um, the other one that came to mind was that, you know, people editing this content, um, like you'd have to be more technical in order to do that. Like I'm quite happy writing in sublime text and writing markdown and writing twig things. But, you know, if you're building maybe a, a company website, like your marketing team probably is going to want to do that. Um, so yeah, that's maybe where CMS with a WYSIWYG editor and things are going to be uh, more, more up this street. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, it is very Git push deploy driven. Like if you want to add some content or, or edit something, you need to change it and then do a commit and then push that to you know, let the file GitHub or, or wherever. Yeah. Whereas like there's not a, like again, if you're doing a, a Drupal site, you go slash user and log in and then you change stuff within the browser. Like that doesn't really exist as far as I'm aware. Yeah, um, yeah. Most of the side generators I'm aware of. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. It, I, I guess, um, you know, knowing the person who's going to do the work, you know, knowing their skill level, because, you know, it's it's actually quite... Um, from a, from a from a non-web developer, it's actually quite a very technical thing um, to do, yeah. you know, uh, and yeah, like working on the command line isn't, isn't fun all the time. Um, uh, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and also with these data structures, you have to come up with conventions. So you get one of those wrong and, and, and the page doesn't work. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah, that is an interesting one. Knowing the person or the type of pe- pe- people who, who, or department that is going to be using this stuff. Um, yeah, there's yeah. such a thing as like a flat file CMS, which is slightly different. Like you do get a back end, mm. but it just generates the flat files for you. So mm. that's maybe an interesting mm. sort of middle ground. So I know Statomic does something like that. I've seen Justin Jackson talk a lot about that with Transistor. Okay. So um, I've not used that myself, but I know there's some, some people in the Drupal space doing similar things with uh, as well. So oh, cool. that sounds like quite an interesting approach. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Um, that's maybe also a way, um, rather than having a specific site generator, mm. like the, there's, the other way I've heard of doing this is there are sort of like modules and plugins you can plug into sites anyway. It's like Drupal has one, I think it's called Tom or Tome, however you, T-O-M-E, however you pronounce it. <laughs> but then that's quite interesting is that like, you could still build your Drupal site and then you run run it through this module which just generates the flat files for you mm-hmm. uh, and that's what you deploy so in that situation you still get the nice sort of editor experience of, of drupal mm-hmm. and i think and wordpress has a similar one but i think it's wp to static i think it's called mm-hmm. um i was looking at that when i did my word, WordCamp talk um mm. earlier this year um and yeah so maybe again like we can still have the the back end of the CMS aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, something then has to then deploy that. Maybe that's another, another middle ground maybe. Yeah. And I guess that's another disadvantage, isn't it? Every change is a deployment. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that can be kind quite daunting 
if you've got lots and lots of content, right, you're going to have to deploy the whole thing again. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and you probably don't get a chance to do, like Drupal's got a really good workflow, um, it's turning into a Drupal episode, uh, <laughs> Drupal's got a really good sort of workflow uh, module built into it, so you can have, you know, draft, review, publish, like you can't really do that with Generator either. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's you know once it's there it's there unless you do something clever with CI different sites mm. you have to you know, approve merge requests and that type of thing yeah um, yeah yeah again that's going to freak out your marketing department again totally isn't it so th- this 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 is moving into uh, a segue into a question that I wouldn't mind asking you and that that is because um, um, we talked about marketing departments not you know it's not a good idea perhaps is there is there any is there any other sort of area of of a website that you wouldn't recommend static sites for? Like, would you would you um, would you not rec- recommend them for, say, e-commerce sites or uh, you know other other types of sites? Yeah, um, that's again where I've heard a lot more about the decoupled approach. Like mm. I've heard a lot about Drupal commerce back end and, and, you know, React front ends or something. Mm. I know that um, the company, I think it's called Sitara now, they used to be commerce guys. Mm. I've got a really big initiative on um, decoupled commerce. Um, so I think that's, because that data has to be stored somewhere. So, you know, if, it, if you're doing e-commerce, some, that transaction needs to be somewhere and it, it can't be in a HTML file. So no. it's like, it's no. pushed up somewhere. Um, and I think that's where, not that I've really used it, but like, and a Netlify has an integration with um, Lambda or with serverless. So you can sort of have static sites that have like functional parts or something. That so <laughs> that sounds quite, um, so that sounds quite interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe that example you just said about um, you know, most popular sites, you know, static site doesn't really have mm. a concept of, of what's popular. Mm. Like I know, I know my, my site again, like each talk that I do has a date attached to it. And then uh, Netlify will rebuild like every night or, or overnight. Mm-hmm. And then you know, if if a talk was done yesterday, it will automatically move to the previous mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's it's dynamic-ish in, in that respect, but it doesn't have a concept of popular. Yeah. Um. So that's where you maybe you, you want to push that to something like an Elasticsearch or or a Solar Index and and pull that data back out. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's where. You know, uh, the local side is, is quite sort of like, you know, your data is stored in JSON or Markdown or from an API. Mm. Uh, and, and then the generator is just doing the compiling. So, yeah. 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 Well, um, yeah. yeah. I think that, and that's why I hear a lot about Gatsby again. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's really going to plug in these multiple things. Um, I know there's been, uh, I remember seeing an issue in Sculpting ages ago. Oh, can we support JSON? Can we support, you know, X and Y different backends? Sure. Uh, Jigsaw, I think, does something similar that you can give it like an API URL. Yeah. Sort of get data from there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear a lot about Gatsby from, from like, say, Drupal Camps or DrupalCon. Uh, you know, Eli did a talk at Drupal Camp London about a project he'd worked on that was using Gatsby front end. And mm. uh, Joe Schindler from Drupalize Me did one for DrupalCon, which I can find a link to, which is, uh, which is really good. Um, yeah. And interestingly, uh, Guy called um, Preston So. He used to be, I get his job title wrong. I think he'd be director of research at Acquia. Um, moved and now works for uh, for Gatsby. Oh so wow. He was very big in the decoupled 
he did a lot of talks on decoupled Drupal right. with you know, View and React and, and everything. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I guess back in March, I think he did the keynote in London this year. I think that was like the last sort of weekend he was working for Acquia before he went to Gatsby. So mm-hmm. th- there's sort of a, an interesting sort of, you know, relationship there. Mm. Um, nothing, especially with you know, Drupal 8, 7 shipping with JSON API in core. So I guess this is what you would have played with. Um, yeah, stuff, that blew just- me away. That really did. That, I mean, I'm, you could even, you you could even change the order of the, of the values mm-hmm. and the keys or the key, you know, keys and values because, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the way it first output the bits and pieces. So I reordered it and it was just so easy mm-hmm. to do that. It was, um, yeah, it blew me away. The, the, th- the thing though, that kind of, and I, and I, being a, someone who, who, who doesn't do a lot of Drupal, I, I, I showing my complete naivety here, but the thing that concerned me was having that amount of control that kind of configuration needs to be stored somewhere. And so I was kind of thinking, well, is that stored in the database? Does this now pose a performance overhead? That kind of thing. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, um, it was super, super awesome to, to play with. It was good. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, that inclusion of, of that module now in core is going to really open up some doors for these sort of decoupled headless approaches. Mm. Um, and, and then on the flip side, Gatsby has an integration for Drupal that you can enable that, you know, so it, it knows how to, you know, how to sort of interpret it. Mm-hmm. Um, that mm-hmm. said, JSON API is like a standard specification. So the, what it's outputting, yeah. even though there's still some Drupalisms in, in the way it names things, yeah. like it's, it's a standard format that you know, anybody can, can work with. So yes. yeah, yes. I think that reopens really um, some doors and uh, there was talk or somebody else, I think probably I asked the question in London, mm-hmm. is there maybe a chance of uh, there's, there's a Drupal demo, demo Drupal distribution um, called Umami, which is a food magazine website uh, with a lot of demo content and content types and things like that would be really great to you know, now JSON APIs in core to enable that as part mm. of that mod uh, by default and then sort of get a, a sample like using that as your data source and pulling something into Gatsby. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. That does sound awesome. That does sound really, really cool. Um, so, I mean, by the sounds of it, you, you've, you've used static site generators a lot, right? You've, you've, um, you've, uh, yeah. you've played with all sorts. What, what would you say is the common mistakes that you've seen when people start using them? Um, I think the main thing is, is, yeah, the same thing you've described, but having all that logic in, in the template level and that view level, mm. like, because you don't really have access to sort of, you know, the controllers or ways of entities <laughs> or anything. Mm. So you yeah. sort of left to do that there. And, and there's a separate distinction in my mind between um, sort of presentational logic and business logic. And, and one is fine to have and one <laughs> isn't so much. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I went through, uh, my site a while ago and, and took out a lot of those loops from like, the talks template and, and moved them into twig filters. So yeah, cleaned up that template a lot, a lot. And then um, and I, you know, I could test it as well using the you know, PHP unit tests and things. Cause that's where I'm, I'm happy. So right. yeah, that, that's, that's the main thing I've seen, but then you're know, on the flip side. Um, they're just so quick to get started with. Um, yeah. You know, I built uh, a client wanted you know, five or six pages to be built 
to, to try the new design. This was um, the current stuff on Drupal 8, and this was totally different to what they already had. And I was like, okay, we could build that with a static site, and then in their Nginx configuration, just point those six paths to the static sites um, that the Sculpin was generating. Mm-hmm. And just to, like that was so much quicker, I think, than building it all in Drupal and, and everything on the back end. Mm-hmm. And then if you have to throw it away, we could throw it away. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then if we didn't, you know, because it's using Twig anyway, like we could take those and put them into Drupal 8 because that uses Twig. So there was method to the madness. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that solution. That's a, a very pragmatic way of building out that. Um, yeah. So so you're left with you're you're left with a the ground running, you know, that's, that's really cool. You mentioned, yeah. you, you mentioned something, you mentioned something there. Okay. You, you touched upon using uh, testing. You touched on testing. Yeah. And how does one test a static site generator or the output, I should say, of a static site? Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the generator itself would have its own sort of set of tests internally that it runs to make sure that you know, stuff gets compiled properly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, for my sort of experience, I've got just normal sort of uptime robot tests on the on the front end that are doing some HTTP requests to check that something is, you know, still you know there, which is good. Mm. Um, but again, there's a lot there's a lot less to sort of go wrong with a static site because it's not like your database is going to fall over because there's no there's no database. So, um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I, I like you can't really test. Uh, at least in my experience, you know, the output of the file as much without doing you know, some funny things. So mm. um, this is why, you know, when that talk, the, the talks pages got a bit more complex. I wanted to A, clean the templates up and B, you know, make sure I'm getting the right talks at the right time and, mm-hmm. and things. So, yeah, that, because that essentially is just a custom Twig extension. So mm-hmm. it's a Twig, sorry, Sculpin has a concept of bundles in the same way that Symphony two and three sort of did and four sort of still does ish. <laughs> um, so you can write your own sort of custom bundles for it. So I, I wrote a, a talks bundle that was for my site that added a twig extension. And then I'm, I'm able to call it a pass talks filter. Um, but then you get that has its own sort of set of PHP unit tests. So I can know that the filter itself is working properly. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that said, I don't, I wouldn't really test so much the output of the page anyway. Um, I'm more concerned about like, is the right data being passed into the page rather than is it getting, otherwise you just start doing like XPath weirdness things to go, like, how many H2s there are on this page. Yeah. I guess is, you fall into the, um, the, the mode of more of an acceptance test to make mm-hmm. it acceptable. You know, the, like you said, does it, is it a 200? Okay. Is it, does it have the right title? Yeah. Does it have the right um, content in that? Yeah. Um, and I yeah, guess, exactly. I guess doing the, having the, uh, the, looking upon the decoupled approach, you're separating the concerns. So yeah. the, the data is being tested at the back end, perhaps in a completely different mm-hmm. manner to how the output is yeah. going to be tested. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll say, yeah, my, my site against is PHP. Uh, I can still run like, you know, PHP code sniffer, PHP stan, uh, PHP unit, obviously, like I mentioned, uh, I ran some BHAT tests on the actual output as well to check certain you know, pages get in the right, the right select, you know, the, the active link is, is the right one and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is, this is something I, I was thinking of before the BlueConf talk is that, you know, the backend logic has its own sort of tests, be that, be that in Drupal or, or Symphony or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, you could start 
like I was playing a lot with VCLI earlier in the year mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, uh, using a lot of Tailwind CSS recently. Mm-hmm. And I've seen you know, Adam Mothern do rebuilding of, of UIs like Netlify and, and other other things um, using Tailwind, which is, is pretty cool. So I, I rebuilt some Drupal ones. I, I did Drupal's default theme in mm-hmm. uh, in Vue and, and Tailwind and also rebuilt um, Acquia's hosting dashboard, which was pretty fun because I had to use like Vue Router for that, having multiple pages and things. Mm-hmm which uh, I'm still writing a blog post about, which I'll release eventually. Um, but that was quite fun because I can, you know, actually was starting to use Jest for doing the JavaScript testing. So okay. I was able to go out. Um, I sort of did it in a slightly different way. Like I had a, like an API client test, um, which essentially was mocking out the API. So I was passing through data as just a big JavaScript object. Mm. You know, that could be coming from an API, be it, you know, Drupal or something. Mm. Yeah. So as long as your tests are passing on both sides, mm. then that's that's you know fine but also then you're not having to worry about you know uh, i need the you know the cms team to do their thing because you can still uh, like mock out the api on, on the front end side and then if that then changes you can then update the tests sort of accordingly right so yeah it removes yeah. some blockers if you're doing it if you're taking that sort of approach yeah yeah that's a good point yeah um and, uh, yeah just touching on that point um just going back a little bit to gatsby um so one thing that has impressed me is the fact that I can create a, a, a representation of, of a fictional API request, uh, API response, I should say, in JSON, and then use that as a, as a, as a, uh, an example of what data could look like. So without even building the API, I have an API response in JSON, um, mm-hmm. in, in the, in their sort of config. Um, and you could you could run some JavaScript tests on that just to make sure that you have the right thing uh, back. And I guess the, yeah. yeah, I guess from the decoupled approach, you you are you're breaking things up to a point where you can put the microscope on the smallest areas. Because um, I always worried when I started using static site generators, I always worried that uh, that uh, I'm giving over too much control to these generators, and I don't really know what's going on under the hood. I just assume it's going to be generated. Um, uh-huh. yeah, I must say when I did run, when I did the N- NPM install of Gatsby, I was a bit worried that, you know, the amount of stuff I was downloading just to get a mm-hmm. a page running, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's the way of the world these days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Especially, yeah, you can say the same with, you know, composer and everything else as well. Don't need to some degree now. <laughs> I think, yeah, just the way things are going. So for anyone else, for for anyone listening uh, who is interested in static site generators, uh, wh- where is, did you have any sort of um, advice as to uh, what to read or what to use first or, you know, what to consider first, that kind of thing? Any advice for new people coming on and uh, building static site generators? Or you, I should say building, using <coughs> static site generators. Using. Yeah, I mean, I went to Jekyll because that was sort of the, was the really popular one, at least at the time. Mm. Um, it probably still is, you know, uh, like GitHub Pages, which is Jekyll by default. Mm. Um, I remember seeing some some talks and some YouTube videos on that, which is you know why I started using started using that before moving over to Sculpin. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure like what the de facto like. I hear a lot about like, mm. say Hugo and Gatsby and, and all, all these different types of ones. Um, yeah, again, maybe, yeah, pick which is the one that's in your sort of tech stack and, and sort of go from there. I guess that's probably the one with the least learning curve 
for you unless you've got something very specific you know i need to do you know aggregate these things of data from six different points in which case maybe like a gatsby is, is going to be good for that you know maybe if you're you know a drupal dev go and look at sculpey and maybe if you're a ruby dev go check out jekyll mm. um, yeah maybe that's because i mean i went down to the drupal summerset group um again earlier this year and was talking about drupal obviously but then we talk about sculpting at the end of that and you know they're just like how quickly you could get a uh, like I've got a, a sculpting skeleton project that I just use for setting up new projects. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we could do, you know, composer, create project, blah, 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 sculpting, generate, like there's a site and, and they can work so quickly. So, um, yeah, but then, you know, if like, cause you're already familiar with that, that tool set and like you already understand composer and mm-hmm. twig and everything mm-hmm. else. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, yeah, stick to, stick to what you know initially, unless you've got something specific that you really need to, to cover that's some very good advice there so stick to what you know because it is it is a bit like a kid in a candy shop you go you you go oh look at all of these nice uh flavored static site generators using all sorts of fancy new technology um different javascript libraries and, and so forth um some are using yeah. Re- react like, and just take a look at staticgen.com static gen yeah that- yeah Starting back into the whole, like, probably the whole list, right? But it's, yeah. it's hundreds of them um, you could pick from. So, mm. yeah, yeah, cool. Well, that was uh, that was an interesting uh, chat about static site generators. Do you? Is there any any, any other points that you want to raise before we shoot off? Um, I don't think so. Um, no, I think yeah, it's just it's for me. It's a case of you know use the right thing for the right job, which I yeah. think we talked about last time I was on the podcast. <laughs> you know, um, if a project you know is you know I've, I've taken like full. So yeah, I took a site that was like an ASP project that somebody else had written, and then when I ended up looking at it, um, I think I ended up moving that one onto Silex at the time, so a few years ago. Oh wow, yeah, um, yeah. But there was a case of you now like that functionality. Yeah, it's always fine. Like, what's what's the minimum viable solution for that that thing? Like, so there's a case of where I've gone and oh, this one only this only gets updated once a year. We'll do it with a static site. Mm. Um, whereas you know, other things might be, um, yeah, it's avoiding that. Yeah, I think we said this last time as well. That golden hammer approach, right? Don't just use you know Drupal or WordPress for everything. Yeah, um, yeah. If, if something is you know a, a good candidate for for a static site or a decoupled yeah. site, then yeah, use use the right tool for the job. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point, and and a, and a point that um, I've just thought of is that the output is just a static site. So, I mean, I mean, I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a very bad case for this because I, I created a, a single page in Gatsby the other the other night. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just a static site, right? So it's just HTML. Yeah. So if you can get away with just writing HTML, then just write HTML. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I found this when, you know, as t- when I say my son wanted to learn Bill's site recently, and, you know, we could totally throw him in and say, here's a clean coding book, right? Learn about solid and all this <laughs> stuff, right? Like for him, like he just wants to build a page and he wants to see his picture on the screen yeah. and he wants it to say, you know, Luke's website and, you know, whatever. And, and for him, like that's a really big thing, like typing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like, a, you know, like, um, like just, 
P tags and make a paragraph with some text in it. It's like it's a really big thing and seeing it yeah. on the screen. Yeah. So, yeah. And then like, oh, we want to make that thing blue now. So I'm like, great. So change that class there and make it BG blue rather than, you know, and like you see his face lights up because it's, it's like it's changed. Yeah. And he goes into, he goes into school and shows his friends on his phone. Look, it's, it's pushed <laughs> onto Netlify as well. Right? He's like, look at this thing that I've Brilliant. done. And like for him, that's, yeah, it's like such a big thing. Mm. Um, you know, and it's like, I'm not going to, so like I, I could, right? I'm gonna sit down in front like this is duplicate, and we go to the dependency <laughs> injection now, right? Lesson one, we dependency injection. Um, yeah. No, like he just wants to learn how to to code, right? And I think that's where things like you know Code Club are, are really useful as well. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, um, that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Um, it's that. It's it's having that instant feedback, that small feedback loop. Yeah, exactly. Quick, quick feedback. That feedback loop is so important. Yeah. 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 And, and I guess, um, using static site generators for small sites is a barrier of entry. Um, because, you know, you have to install the generator, you have to learn the generator and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. one thing though that I've used static site generators for, which, um, not, sorry, not, I haven't used them. No, uh, I've heard them being used for, um, is uh, documentation sites. So when yeah. when when a a a, a, a site gets uh, pushed, maybe it's a, a backend API gets gets pushed. Off goes a Lambda script or something that that uh, triggers a build of the PHP documentation in a static site generate generator. Um, is it uh, read yeah. the read the docs that kind of thing? Um, yeah. Which is which is pretty good because you you're kind of killing two birds with one stone in that sort of deployment process because um, you're keeping two sites up. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel that as well. Like I think like GitHub the way GitHub Pages works mm. it could either be like a root level. You know, this is where my Markdown file is or my HTML file is, mm. or you could put it like in a docs directory, which is what you know, I'll tend to use that for you know as, as building. PHP South Wales website this week, and I've got some documentation in there. So, you know, it will serve that that directory as a site, essentially, that we could reference as, as documentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I know, like, um, Pantheon, like, the, the hosting company, used Sculpin for their their documentation site, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think, like, Gitbook is another one that springs to mind. Like, I've mm-hmm. seen that on websites before, I think. Yeah. People consult, I think, you know, you're reading the page and you go, like, oh, like spotted a mistake, like edit, edit this page on GitHub. And yeah. It just takes you to a page like here's a, a fork of, of that repository and then you can change it and submit it back. And, um, and once it's been committed and, and pushed, it's, it's live and so, which is great as well. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is, that is, that is. Well, it was, it was great speaking to you again, Oliver. Um, for those who, yeah, that was. For those who don't know, Oliver's been on the, the podcast before uh, and we've talked uh, a lot about Drupal 8. Um, so I'll put links to that show in the uh, in the description below. But thank you ever so much for coming on uh, and spending some time with me tonight, Oliver. It's uh, been a pleasure yeah. speaking to you again. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I'm sure. Come on again and we'll talk about something. Yeah. <laughs> we'll about decoupling or something. In a yeah. Detail, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Before we go, um, what, what kind of social media links do you want to uh, mention? Uh, Twitter, I guess, is where I'm mostly active. I'm just OP Davis on Twitter and pretty much everywhere. GitHub, Drupal.org, everywhere, more or less. <laughs> um, 
or you can check out uh, it's oliverdavis.uk. Um, it's my website, which is built with scoffing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's I do a lot of fairly regular blogging on there about Drupal and PHP and testing and Tailwind and various things. So yeah, yeah, awesome. I like blogging. I love looking for something and then finding the blog post I wrote for it three years ago like, <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me this week. Is I was like, oh, I I never had to do this. I wrote I wrote the thing. Yeah, I've came ac- come yeah. across this issue before and I solved it and I wrote about it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was great. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's all those links are on, like to my pages are on there as well. And also my my. YouTube links. I've, I did start doing some streaming since the last time we spoke, which is pretty fun. I need to get back into doing that. Yeah. Uh, so I got to do some more streaming. But uh, the, the first one I did was like an hour and a half stream and YouTube chopped into like six minutes. No. For some reason. I don't know why. Oh, but yeah. Wow. The last couple I've done all worked. So I need to redo that one. But yeah, I, I think I'm going to start doing some more streaming about Drupal 8 and testing and, and some other things. So yeah, take a look and yeah. subscribe there. Yeah. And, or yeah, there's a. Uh, yeah, get in touch on Twitter or there's a contact form on my site if anyone's got questions about anything. Sure. Um, always happy to have questions. Excellent. Well, there you go. I'll put uh, links to those kind of things in the show notes. And awesome. uh, thank you ever so much for coming on, man. Happy coding, everyone. Thank you ever so much for uh, watching on the YouTubes and listening on the podcasts. Thanks very much. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye.